everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne. I am your head coach at Grace Financial Coaching, and I am so excited to bring my friend Bernadette on today. Let me tell you a little bit about Bernadette. Bernadette and her husband, Kirby, uh, are both financial coaches, and they specialize in working with couples who are sick and tired of their current financial situation and are ready for real change. Bernadette and Kirby provide help and hope for both the marriage and the finance financial part of that marriage. And to quote Bernadette, our clients are looking for oneness in their marriage and oneness in their finances. They want peace and clarity with their finances and a closer relationship in their marriage. We provide a roadmap to those goals that are realistic and achievable. And let me tell you, Bernadette and Kirby do some amazing work with couples out there. Bernadette, how are you? I am doing quite well. Thank you so much. And I'm happy to be here. Yes. And um, before we get into uh, what the dumbest thing that Bernadette's ever done with money, uh, please <laughs> tell us about We Serve Financial Coaching and specifically how you help those couples. Of course. Well, um, I got to tell you, Kirby and I, we have been involved in uh, marriage ministry and biblical steward, uh, biblical stewardship for a long time, um, a little over 11 years. We are passionate about marriages and finance, and we just work with these couples. We guide them out of their financial stress and anxiety, and we guide them into financial oneness and control. Um, you know, with all the wealth building habits and behaviors that we teach, the end result for these couples is that they are able to live and give abundantly. Um, you know, we've taught FPU, we've taught FPU classes for years, and we actually have one starting in February 2022, nice. a new FPU classes. And, you know, it's just, it's it's a thing. When, when we coach our couples in the marriage arena, we notice this recurring theme. Money fights and money problems are like the top issues causing pain in the relationship. So um, we use tools and resources. And, and like you said, we provide a roadmap. We guide them out of that pain and we guide them into the financial future that they want. Our primary goal is, is just to serve. You know, we serve and, and we want to serve them well. Awesome. So you started in the marriage, just the marriage portion of this about 11 years ago. When did you add in the financial piece? Um, I would say we started doing financial portions, let me see, 11, way back, maybe five years into the marriage, which would put oh. us back maybe five years back, we started working with, you know, finances. And um, it started to become a thing, you know, he wants this, and, and but she doesn't want this. And it, it started to become a thing. So Kirby and I sat down and said, listen, you know, we, we are in a financial rut ourselves, you know, we need to turn around and help these couples. A lot of them are where we were, right? And we were able to climb, fight, and claw out of our situation. So it kind of made sense to turn around and pay it forward or pay it back. Right, right. Absolutely. What, um, what did you guys learn about yourselves from doing the marriage counseling at first? Um, I got to tell you, and, and I, it's, it's kind of like the number one tip that we have for married couples, whether it's finances or even outside of finances. But um, as much as we enjoy seeing the transformation 
in our clients' lives, and not just their lives, but being a part of their marriage success, and even watching the children grow, knowing that their future will be so different because mom and dad are on the same page. The number one tip is communication. Mm. And 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 everybody says that, and it's it's like a buzzword, but but it's so important to be talking to each other about your values. You need to know what is important to you in your lives. I mean, this goes a long way when it comes to making sure that your spending and your savings are in alignment, right, with your values. Mm. So communication, you have to talk about shared vision, common goals. This speaks to oneness. This speaks to unity. And then when it comes to kids, you know, what about leaving that legacy, that generational impact? I mean, in marriage, it's the legacy of togetherness. You want your kids to see that mom and dad stayed together. In finance, it's the legacy of generational wealth. So communication ah. is so important. And it's not just talking about one thing. It's talking about all things. So that's what we learned as we walked our own journey in marriage and our finances. Communication. You cannot over communicate with your spouse. You cannot. Right. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I love that so much. And it's, I knew you were going to have some some good insights on what you guys learned because I know you and Kirby and you guys are, are you know, you're consistently learning. Yeah. If I know anything about the two of you guys, you guys are always looking to learn something new. And yeah. every time I talk to Bernadette and, and we share pieces of information, it's, it's, oh, I didn't know that. Let me, you know, right, you know right. learn more about that. <laughs> so I know you guys are, are forever learners. So Bernadette, I created this show to help other people realize that we all make financial mistakes and we can learn from the experience of others so that we don't make those mistakes. So what is the dumbest thing you and Kirby have ever done with money? I think for us, it was timeshares. Yes. And I'm going to say it again, timeshares, because we did it twice. Ugh. We were, I got to tell you, we've done a lot of stupid with, with, with zeros on the end. But I think the dumbest thing that we did was to purchase and finance timeshares. Now, I feel like sometimes this can be a taboo topic because for a lot of people, they got nothing but love for their timeshares, right? So we're not knocking the game. But for us, right? I think that this was one of the dumbest things we did. You know, for a while it was it was bread and butter, right? Until we decided that we didn't need it anymore. Mm. I mean, it was a really good thing until you want to get out of it. And Kirby always jokes with me. He says, well, God, it's easier to get out of the mafia than it is to get out of a timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really, you know, we were introduced to timeshares. We got these things in the mail, free this, free that. And I think that was our first mistake, realizing that nothing is free. Even if you're not paying for it, it's not free. But, you know, it's the catchword and and the free. And at the time, it sounded amazing, right? A free mm -hmm. Disney tickets. We had the kids. Take the kids here. Your room and board is paid for, and it's all good. We could use the services and the amenities of, of this particular resort one year out of the week for just $20,000. <laughs> oh. It was a $20,000 mortgage that we took on to use one week one resort or, or a family of resorts and, and, you know, no room and board. It, it was appealing at the time. It was appealing because we had right. kids and you know how with kids, it can be expensive, the hotels, the food, the meals and everything. Yeah. But the how, thing about how old it, were your kids at this point? At the time, the kids were like, um, I guess they were nine and 10. They were pretty okay. young. 
Right. So, so I mean, perfect family vacation age. Perfect, you're not lugging exactly. around. You're not lugging around baby stuff. You're you think they're going to be old enough to remember it. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the thing about it is, though, you know, the monthly payments and then combined with those ever increasing annual, you have to pay the, the maintenance fees. And then underneath the maintenance fees, there are these specialty fees. Nobody knows what the specialty fees are, no. but you got to pay them because you own the property. And every year the maintenance fees were going up and and, and every year, you know, it, it, it just became, it became too much. And we said, we looked around and we said, you know, we can only go to this one resort. So why are we paying just to go to this one resort? So what we did was we decided to go somewhere else. And there was another presentation that offered us free this and free that. <laughs> but theirs was different. You don't have to be tied to one resort. We will sell you points. Now, for $20,000, you can buy points. In effect, we bought air. We spent $20,000 to buy points. Like, what are points? It's just air. <laughs> I got to tell you, we did it twice. Um, we had fun during the time we used the timeshare, but when it came to exiting, our kids grew up. There were many times during the year as the kids grew older, there were things that were happening in school, things that were happening between graduation. We just couldn't make that one week that they gave us. And right. in the other timeshare, we just didn't have the time or the availability to use the points. So we contacted these timeshares and told them this was fun. It was great while it lasted, but we just can't use it anymore. And that's when everything turned into a nightmare. Ugh. Those people do not let you out. Of we even went so far as to pay off all the mortgages in full, in cash. I owe you nothing. Take back your timeshare. We don't want it. They would not relinquish us. We oh. were literally tied to those things for the rest of our lives. Every year we had to pay annual maintenance fees. By this time, the maintenance fees on the two properties had reached $2,500 a year. Oh my gosh. That's money that we, we, we couldn't even afford anymore right. to be thrown right. to them. And $2,500 a year in, in the majority of the country, and, and Bernadette and I both hail from the Northeast, but in right. the majority of the country, <laughs> $2,500 a year is someone's taxes. That's right. In the majority of the rest of the country. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we sat down and we did the math and, and, and we realized, you know, if we had just taken these monthly, these mortgage payments and these annual maintenance fees and just put it in the bank each month, each month, and then every year we sit down and we budget and plan for a family vacation, we can go wherever we want. We weren't yeah. tied to this one resort, one place, one time of the year, and we could do whatever we want. Um, what we ended up doing to get out of our timeshares, we actually had to hire attorneys. Oh, thousands and thousands of dollars, let me tell oh, you. So this was really a painful, painful process for us. It took us two years to get out of that time, two years working with attorneys, the timeshare. I mean, this was the, this is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. The timeshare, they're so ridiculous. They could have taken back their property and resold it to some right. other fool and made money. But the fight that we went through, never again, never again ever, ever again. Oh I advise gosh. anyone who comes to me and talks about timeshares, don't do it. It's right. not worth it. Right. And now, you're they the may, expert as far as I'm concerned. Oh my God, do yeah. not do it. They may have changed now the, the, the rules and the laws and the stipulations. I don't know. Because we eventually got out of ours in 2017. It's 2017. now 20, Yeah, It's now 2021. Who knows what's changed? But I still don't do it. Save your money, invest in the bank, budget, Take care of your spending plan and put that on the list of something you want to do. 
Right. And, absolutely. And pay for it yourself. So yeah. two years. All right. So if you guys got out in 2017, you started the process in 2015. 2015. Yeah. Had you explored any of those uh, companies that specialize in removing people from timeshares? <laughs> That's another one. Yeah, okay. we sure did. A okay. lot of them, you know, and the good thing about it is we had been so burnt and so turned by this whole timeshare arena that we were really, we really had our antennas up. So we went to a lot of these different, come, we'll get you out of your timeshare and come work with us. And a lot of them, they wanted a whole bunch of money. Mm. Um, th the reviews were awful. They never got them out of the timeshares. At the end of the day, I got to tell you, the company that really, really, really came through for us, timeshare exit team. Okay. Reed Hine, timeshare exit team, the bomb.com they came through for us it was expensive though i gotta yeah. tell you it was it was upwards of way over like seventy five hundred dollars it right. was expensive but what we invested with them got us out of paying twenty five hundred dollars twenty five hundred dollars twenty five every year for the rest of our lives for the rest so of your was, life right it was a worth it was worth two or three years worth of maintenance fees to get out and they stayed they worked on our behalf they were fighting for us we got everything in writing have all the paperwork i have all the legal they finally released us from our two times years but that I must just, have been what was it like when you found out you guys were done with it oh my god <laughs> that's what it was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was relief with a capital r to know that we were no longer bound to these entities i, I don't understand why they want people to i don't know I guess it's their business model nonetheless yeah, we're it, out it is a business model whether we agree with it whether or we not whether yep. we agree with it or not, whether it's ethical or not, it is That's a business right. it's model. It's their business model. What do you and think your kids learn from this? Um, I tell them all the time, don't even think about it. <laughs> don't even think about it. If you guys want a vacation, this is the way to do it. And right. our kids are pretty sick and tired of hearing us talk about, you know, things like spending plan and, and budget. And if you can't afford it, don't buy it. And let's not do the monthly payment. They're sick and tired of hearing that from us now. But you know what? Um, they've learned. And I think it's important that people, not only we learn from our mistakes, but the people around us learn from our mistakes. Right. Absolutely. Right. And that's why that's why we're sitting here right now, Bernadette. So that <laughs> someone out there who's going to get who's going to go to Disney this winter, maybe even they're there this week and they're going to get that presentation on it's some time share, either outside of Disney or inside of Disney or whatever it is. Or they're going to be on that cruise in the next couple months that they've been waiting on for a year and a half. <laughs> that they're going to get sold that bill of goods. Right. And it yeah. does, it sounds too good to be true. Um, yeah. I'll be honest with you. The only time I was ever uh, tempted to even sit through one of those presentations. Uh, my, I can't remember where we were. Um, my husband and I, and we were, we were in the car and we're getting gas and I don't even remember where we were. Oh, we were driving cross country. We were driving from California to uh, Virginia and we were driving cross country and we stopped somewhere to get gas. I think we were in like Tennessee and I'd gotten a phone call, uh, because I had a fraudulent charge from a hotel that we had stayed at while we were going through there. And the woman calls me to tell me we we removed the fraudulent, you know, she's from Marriott or Hilton or I'm not going to badmouth any. I can't even remember where she was from. Right. <laughs> right. She calls me to tell me that the fraudulent charge has been removed. I'm like, OK, great. Thanks. And I'm about to like hit end. And she's like, oh, can I just mention one thing to you? And I was like, oh, God, like, was the card compromised? Like, apparently somebody had just tried to put charges on our room that we, you know, they weren't for us. She starts talking about the timeshare. And I'm sitting there in a gas station. My husband's outside the car pumping gas. And I'm listening to her. And I'm like, why? Like, for about five minutes, I'm listening to her go on. I'm like, 
oh, this really does sound like a good idea. Exactly. It's not, it's not just one location. Yeah. It's not just this. And all of a sudden I just caught myself and I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm like, no, thank you. And I just was super rude and I hung right up on her. <laughs> I got to tell you, in our society, it's all about instant gratification. Yeah. I think what discourages people is the fact that they have to wait to get what they want. But the satisfaction on the other side of waiting, knowing that you did have the discipline to wait, to save, to plan, and you don't owe anybody. I mean, right. to go on your vacation and to come back with more than just memories, you're coming back with debt. Some people are paying for vacations years after the vacation's been taken. So yeah. I think we really need to retrain our mindset. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I tell. Actually, last night, I literally just had a, a call with one of my uh, longtime clients. And one of the things we're starting this year, now that we've knocked out a bunch of her student loans, is a vacation sinking fund. She's young enough that she doesn't own her own place. She's still living with family. She's you know paying what she needs to pay towards that. And she's working on her student loans. But I said, okay. We've been doing this for a year and now we're going to start a sinking fund for your vacations. And she That's was right. like, I just want to pay off the student loans. I said, I know you want to pay off the student loans and you're doing an excellent job, but we need to have a little bit of fun built in there. And exactly. here's how we're going to do it. We're going to plan for that fun. And I know that people always say to me, they're like, who wants to plan for fun? Like YOLO, let me just take my credit card and go pay for what yeah. I want to pay for when I feel like it. I'm like, no, it's going to follow you home. Like you just said, that yeah. vacation is going to follow you home. Yep. If you use the credit card, if That's we sit true. here on January 1st and we implement that sinking fund and we say, okay, Suzanne's client is going to go on vacation again in November of the next year. And we're starting in January. She's going to have the cash to pay for it. By That's by amazing. November, right. Yeah. It's, it's such a great feeling. It she is. doesn't have to come home to New York and say, Oh my now God, I no, got to pay it back. That's right. bill. <laughs> that is so true. And that's exactly. one of the things that we really work with our clients, especially with, um, you know, a lot of the married couples that we work with, they have children. And the thing about you want to spend time with your children and you want to be able to have vacations and make memories. Now, granted, you may not always be able to go on that lavish vacation, right? But time spent together, that's where the memories are made. Right. And if relationships, we tell our couples if relationships is one of your values, right? Because we do go through the values exercises with them and we ask them to kind of list and let's talk about and deep dive into what is a value. If relationships is one of your values, then that relationship and that time spent together is much more important than how much of a grand lavish vacation you spend. And right. we just walk them through it and guide them through it. Oh, I love it, Bernadette. That's so good. I know this is going to resonate with a lot of people and I really love the fact that you and Kirby can talk about this and be open and honest and vulnerable about it. Um, because, you know, looking back, I'm sure you guys are a little bit embarrassed. Like how did yeah. we get ourselves into that mess? It's the biggest thing. And and not only that, I mean, all of that timeshare debt was also part of the rest of the debt. I mean, we were just going along our lives, yada, yada. And we looked up and we were over $158,000 in wow. consumer debt right? Including the timeshares, but we had debt because we were borrowing from one credit card to pay another credit card. And we had the car payments and we had the this and we had the that. And then that didn't even include the 350000 of our home. So oh when we added gosh. up all our monies, we Kirby was like, yo, do you realize we are half a million dollars in debt? <laughs> that scared me to death. Our kids yeah. were young. You know, they, they had to go to college. We had no college money for them. We had no, it was a really frightful feeling to look around and see where you are. Now, 10 years later, 11 years later into our financial journey, not only have we turned that around, 
But we're now on the other side of it. We're over $1.6 million of a net worth with zero debt. So I, I got to tell you, it's a better feeling than these. You know? <laughs> what do you it's, think your number one tool was while you guys were paying off the debt? Like, like physical tool. Was it the budget? Was it your budget committee meetings? Like, what was the one thing that you guys, oh, Beverly's very happy for you. She said, <laughs> <"Woo -hoo!" laughs> thanks, Beverly. Um, I got to tell you, it was definitely the, the spending plan. It, yeah. we, we had to be disciplined enough to say, and, and the budget meeting, we call it budget meeting, but we, we met. We had the spending plan and we lived by it. There were times when Kirby would say, oh, I need, to, I, and I would just say to him, my answer was, okay, let's pull the budget, you know? Or I would say to him, okay, where's the money gonna come from? I mean, yep. we have it now. Every time he opens his mouth, you know what I'm about to say, where's the money gonna come from? <laughs> he can't stand, that's my phrase, just tattoo it on my forehead. I say that to my client, where's the money gonna come from? <laughs> oh my gosh. I think the number one tool was, number one, you, you, you have to commit to this, right? And again, this goes back to your why. What are your values? What is it that's the most important thing to you? And, and, and what is the plan? What are the steps that are going to get you there? You have got to commit to this. And we committed to it. I was sick and tired. I mean, I did without so that we could get this plan together. So that's right. the number one tool, the spending right. plan and the commitment. Both of you have to be on board. Yeah. I mean, it, I love it, that. Where's the money going to come from? And make that's sure my thing. you're asking yourself <laughs> that, right? And, and we do the same thing in my house. My husband will say, you know, oh, and, and I love how Kirby started his sentence with I need. So <laughs> Kirby, Kirby and I are on the same page. I think Kirby and I are both spenders. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yep. So I'm, I'm a, I need, you know? Okay. So like a lot of people don't realize that I'm a financial coach, but I'm a spender. I am a nerd spender. And people are like, how can you be a nerd spender? That doesn't make any sense. I go, oh, no, no, it makes a lot of sense. I know exactly how much money I'm spending. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but the other side of that is to know that you are that type of person and to right. actually have a little bucket of money set aside so that you can indulge yourself and don't feel guilty about it. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah. It's a thing yeah. Of and beauty. we have our fun money. And to be That's honest it. with you, um, I've been carrying my husband's fun money over in our budget for the last three months. I'm like, can you go buy something, please? You're annoying me. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that's, yeah, you and Kirby are good because that's me. I have fun money that for months is just building up and building up. It's like thousands. I'm like, I'm not going to spend it because I'm so not a spender. <laughs> right, right. Oh, exactly. my God. Oh, I love it. Bernadette, this has been just, uh, first of all, it was lovely to catch up with you. Bernadette yes. and I have known each other for a while now. <laughs> yes. It was lovely to catch up with you. I'm sorry Kirby couldn't join us. I um, but I really want to thank you again for sharing all of this with our viewers. Um, and if you guys want to tune in, or I saw a bunch of people sign in a little bit late. Uh, but if you guys missed part of the episode, you can always check out Grace Financial Coaching's YouTube channel and look for Bernadette's episode. And be sure to join us next week for another episode of Lessons Learned. The dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Thank you again, Bernadette. Thank you. Bye-bye. Learn podcast. The dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel. And please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.